Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Dan Golden about his Chicago-based marketing agency, BFO. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about BFO? Sure thing. We're a digital marketing agency based out of Chicago. Uh, I like to, my, my simple explanation is that we do everything other than build websites. So we find our, find traffic for our clients and help them turn it into money. Awesome. And how'd you get into that? Uh, I stumbled into it actually. My, my first passion coming out of college, this was way back in 2003, was to tour with my rock band and I needed a little side gig and I found the search engine marketing internship right around the time when AdWords was launched as a new platform. So it's kind of all I've ever done and professionally at least and uh, stumbled into a, a great field. So you started in paid search? Started in paid search, yes. So okay. I was uh, on the in-house side uh, at Consumer Guy doing automotive lead gen, um, and I, I loved it. It was just uh, it was all about the numbers and, and making money and figuring out ways to do it. Uh, we didn't didn't have a lot of the same training that's available to everybody nowadays. So it was a uh, break it, fix it, and uh, and and teach yourself and. It, it just so happens that the guy running SEO uh, at Consumer Guide is now a co-founder of BFO. So we've been working together for a very, very long time, even before we had a, an official company together. Great. That's fantastic. Um, so BFO today, you said that the guy who was uh, running SEO is also a co-founder. Uh, BFO today um, is more than just paid search, right? Uh, there's, it sounds like there's SEO. What, what other services do you have? Sure. Yeah, and we, you know, we got our start as a search shop because that's that. My background was in paid search. My co-founder's background was in SEO, so we had been sharing projects for a number of years. But we've always followed the eyeballs. So, you know, we early on with uh, the growth of Facebook, um, we have a lot of clients that are spending more on on social and programmatic than they are on on search. So, you know, we've evolved the practice on the paid side. Uh, anywhere that we can acquire uh, a click and and again turn it into money for our clients. So. Following the eyeballs, you know, very heavy into mobile, especially for our omni-channel retailers as well. Um, and the other side of the house is more on the consulting side, so not paid media, but SEO consulting, content development. Uh, you know, we've evolved quite a bit on the SEO side as well as uh, a lot of the. I'm, I'm using air quotes here. I know this is a podcast, uh, but all of the old school SEO techniques that uh, you know that no longer work. You know, we've really evolved uh, to be more of a content marketing agency as well. Uh, to support, you know, more future-looking tactics for our clients. And what does a typical client look like to you? Uh, it's it's all, you know, ac- across the board. Uh, you know, one of our, uh, I think, the benefits is that uh, of the work that we do is that it's very portable across industries. So, you know, we, we're very focused on the performance marketing side. So, um, on the uh, on the B two B side, we're uh, uh, you know very heavy into into lead gen. Uh, and B two C, we've got a number of e commerce brands as as well as omni channel retailers that are trying to drive foot traffic to stores as well as support online transactions. So, 
a number of you know different clients. Side we have some you know giant enterprise clients, some mid-sized B two B clients that nobody's heard of that are also great uh, great businesses and great clients of ours. So it's a pretty pretty diverse portfolio. We have about sixty active clients on any given day, um, and most of it is is recurring work versus you know project based assignments. So you're maintaining the campaigns um, after you put them together. Yeah, for the most, uh, um, you know, in terms of uh, trends that we've seen in the in the industry, you know, there's a there's a lot more in-house teams uh, where, you know, 10 years ago when I was doing this, clients would outsource everything to a digital agency and, you know, would have a marketing manager internally overseeing everything. And we're starting to see as the talent pool has deepened and as digital has become more of a focus instead of a footnote um, that, you know, clients want different things out of an agency partner and, uh, oftentimes, we're complementing and working with uh, different types of in-house teams, um, which is probably the biggest biggest shift that I've seen over the last few years. How has that impacted your workflow? I mean, it, it's harder and more complicated. You know, it, it was certainly you know easier when, uh, and we still have some projects like these. So it's not I'm making some grandiose statements here, but you know, it comes in all shapes and sizes. But certainly, you know, where it's here's, you know, when a client hands over the keys gives you goals and a budget and you know as an agency you can ex- execute uh, on all of the you know all of the tactics um, it's easier that way you know we control uh, we have more control over the process and, and resources against any given project um, certainly requires some next level communications to, to be collaborating on on projects with internal teams uh, but that's the nature of the you know that's the reality of the the marketplace nowadays and and frankly, as we talk about SEO and what goes into a successful SEO strategy, there's still some on-site uh, technical SEO, you know, that, that I think, you know, that I'm using air quotes again, but like a typical SEO engagement where you have nerds working on code. Um, that still happens and that stuff is still necessary. But what we're also seeing is that successful SEO engagements and, and initiatives, it crosses every line, right? It's, it's marketing, it's PR, it's, uh, the, you know, it's, it's a technical team, uh, and, you know, we're working with CTOs and not just CMOs. So, you know, those, those types of engagements for them to be successful, you need to leverage every asset that you have available. And that goes for, you know, marketing content to, to PR. So, you know, in, at its very nature or at its very core, a, a lot of our engagements are, you know, it's, it's messy and there's a lot of different, uh, teams involved and a lot of different, um, priorities and, and, and opinions. Um, and that's the, you know, the, the secret sauce is pulling all of that together, prioritizing. And in some cases, we're, we're kind of the outside consultants getting different internal teams uh, talking to each other and, uh, and collaborating for the, for the common good. Isn't it funny how it, just a different perspective can I kind of help move things along internally? I, I mean, we've, we flew a guy to, to work on site with a client for a month during a site launch to get the uh, to get IT to talk to marketing, and they were on the same floor, and literally they wouldn't meet unless we were running the meeting. For, <laughs> nice. And this is like a, a Fortune 500 major major retailer. It's you know it's uh, sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes an outside perspective, or sometimes uh, you know really strong project management and goal focused collaboration. Um, this stuff doesn't happen naturally. You have to try really hard and. You have to understand the nuances of, um, you know, we, we have a lot of different ways that we communicate with clients and 
you sort of have to understand what's going to work in any given scenario to, uh, to make sure you're not just checking boxes, but really, really producing results and uh, on the client side, transforming how they think about building their website. And, and, you know, SEO is always a lot harder when we're coming in after the fact, trying to fix stuff and change stuff. So, you know, getting in at the very beginning and, and trying to change culture, make sure uh, that, that marketing, SEO, content, all of that stuff is, is working together uh, and that it's being measured. Right, absolutely. So that's, you know, that's what an SEO engagement looks like these days, a little totally. different than years past. When you're collaborating with an internal team or an in-house team, do you find um, that you're more often fitting into the in-house's process or is the in-house team kind of fitting into your process or is there kind of a mix of both? Um, I hate to answer like a lawyer, but it's a mix of both. You know, whatever, we'll do, we'll do whatever is going to be most successful, right? Sometimes, um, you know, we moved, we still use Basecamp for a number of clients and that's a great, great collaboration tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've internally, we've, uh, we're now working on a much more detailed project management platform called Teamwork. Um, and, you know, that's, that's where our process has evolved to, but we have clients that do all their spin base camp and, uh, and we've realized to get stuff done, we have to work in their, um, you know, in their environment on their, on their platforms. So, you know, as an outside party, we have to be a little bit of a chameleon. Um, but, but I, you know, I think we add the most value when we bring some of that process and project management, uh, which are things that we're really great at. Um, but you, you know, it, it needs to be received well and the clients need to be on board and in it and, and using it. So, you know, oftentimes we just kind of adapt to uh, whatever gets the response. Well, I, I think that's a good point, Dan. You know, if, if they had a perfect process and, and plenty of people need you at all. <laughs> that's a good point. Keeps me in business. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we will be getting some digital marketing advice from Dan. Don't go away. George Cass with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. 
top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjorgeCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjorgeCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with uh, Dan of Digital Marketing Agency, BFO. Um, Dan, can you give our listeners a, a pointer on how you guys do your work so effectively? The secret sauce. All right. I will, uh, I will start on the recipe. In, you know, it's... <laughs> in one sentence. In one sentence, uh, we think, we care, we deliver. Um, you know, I, I think our, uh, there's a perception of commoditization that, you know, it's all about keywords and anybody can buy them and, you know, everybody's got their SEO checklist and, you know, I, I think it starts, success starts with strategy and making sure we understand the real problems that we're trying to solve and what those challenges are, um, before we get to work on keywords and auditing websites and, uh, and buying Facebook ads. So I, it, the process that we built over the years to, to make sure we've got the, the, the client goals in mind and, and also just challenging the client what those goals are and what they should be um, is, I think, takes us to the next level. And just, you know, we don't do anything we can't track. So with an analytics angle, uh, I guess, running across everything that we do, um, the, the combination of those things is uh, what, what sets us apart. Absolutely. Um so it's been said that if you own the strategy, you own the solution. Um, and I'm curious, on the strategy side, are you finding that um, you have several strategies that you like to employ, or is there one? Or how do you, are you guys prioritizing one method, or are you kind of understanding a client's needs and, and um, setting the strategy that way? Yeah, it, always, like, it, it has to start with the needs, and, and needs, you know, Needs can be uh, uh, there's a lot of we- a lot of different ways to build that up. Um, I mean, I guess one one example is right. So as, if we're talking about SEO, it's all about content. Um, content is king. Context is queen. Right? There was a whole funny string on LinkedIn recently about uh, um, I, I, <laughs> my my comment was that us SEO consultants are the court jesters uh, if if content is king and <laughs> uh, context is is queen. But uh, regardless. Um, you know, owning the strategy or owning the execution. So we have clients that have creative teams in-house or content teams in-house. And what they need from us is strategy, keyword research, content alignment, uh, best practices, auditing. Um, but I, I don't think strategy and execution have to live together. You know, certainly we're effective when we're doing both. But, you know, the nature of, of the types of engagements we're seeing nowadays is, you know, constant uh, you know, clients or agency partners and pieces of uh, the equation in place. So it's it's our job to come in and, and see where we can add value, and that doesn't necessarily mean we're doing everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, some of that is, you know, we've, we took on a client project, and they had a very thin, uh, their website was really thin on content. And in our, our discovery with them, we realized they were sitting on an intranet that had hundreds of white dots and just more content than they knew what to do with or that they even knew existed. Our, 
and they signed they they paid us for a big content generation and content marketing initiative and we get under the hood and we're like we don't need to write a thing we can edit <laughs> wow. and repurpose and so it's you know it's all about finding where there's opportunity and and adding value um, that's that's what's going to keep agencies in business uh, as bits and pieces of you know what agencies are typically owned uh, you know are are getting built up in house. Sure. What are some common misconceptions about uh, SEO work? Um, you know that it's all nerds in a basement, and we have nerds. We don't actually. I don't know if anybody actually works in a basement. We have a bunch of remote employees, so perhaps we do actually have a nerd in a basement. Um, but it's you know it's it's uh, uh, there's a lot of um, I don't know. There's been a lot of snake oil salesmen over the years, and a lot of dubious SEO tactics uh, that have given our industry a you know a, a bad name. You know, the one thing I would say about SEO is Google has been saying the same thing. Uh, if you look at the the history of algorithm updates that three up in a up in arms, they're just getting better at enforcing the same thing, which is you know be an authority, create useful content for humans, and uh, make it easier for them to to navigate your site. Um, so the biggest misconception or shift uh, comes from Google's Rank Brain algorithm that is, uh, you know, leveraging machine learning, and, and site experience is just as important. And I'm not trying to say you you can do one and not have the other; like it all has to work together. But um, make your site easy to use, right? There's a lot of over-optimized sites out there that have a lot of SEO content, and you can tell some very aggressive SEO consultants had their had their hands in every word on every page. Yep. And um, that's not a good thing because it's not a good thing for users. Um, you know, when you when you think about websites that have very keyword specific pages for every different iteration and different ways of saying the same phrase, uh, well, Google's got a lot smarter at understanding intent. So you have to ask as an SEO consultant, what is um, you know what is the value of each one of these pages and what is in the best interest of your your customers. And the, the good news is it's SEO is no longer in a vacuum. Good marketing and good website design is good SEO. Um, and it takes a lot of work to make sure that those two things happen concurrently. But that's, that's the big difference. If you're, if you're doing it for SEO, you're doing it wrong. That makes sense. Um, programmatic is a big word over the last few years. I'm curious how programmatic advertising has impacted your business. I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's a smarter way of buying when it's done right. And I have to say when it's done right, because there are, are um, a lot of advertisers out there spending a ton of money uh, on, on black box solutions uh, within the programmatic ecosystem. So, you know, it's, it's an opportunity, but it's, um, brands need to be asking really difficult questions about uh, that, you know, the, the, the supply chain, right? From, you know, you put $100,000 into a programmatic buy, you've got, uh, you've got ad servers, you've got audience platforms, got a DSP um, and and you have agencies and you have networks in the mix. There's a lot of people in different parties really aligned chipping at every dollar that's being spent. And um, the the thing I'm really excited about is the ability to, to audience target and lookalikes and onboarding customer data. Um, and, you know, programmatic platforms are better at finding those individuals than uh, a media planner. Um, you know, in their ability to do that in real time. But uh, I think advertisers and agencies on audience and, and creative and landing pages and experiences, um, 
important because there's, you know, I think a misconception that the machines can do all the work and that it's going to be effective. Um, ideally, you're spending more of your time on creative and customizing creative for every kind of audience uh, to, to really get the most out of a programmatic platform. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of advertisers are going to rethink a lot of the money that they've just been throwing into programmatic platforms. Uh, but it is the future. So uh, I, think, um, I think the industry moved a little faster than the, than the um, advertisers were, were really ready to embrace and get the most out of programmatic technology. That might tie into this question a little bit, but uh, how do you see the role of an agency changing over the next five to ten years? Uh, so I think I've alluded to some, you know, to, to parts of it. I, you know, I think as in-house teams grow, agencies are going to be focused more on, on, uh, being a specialist and adding, you know, adding value to what in-house teams are doing. Um, you know, I, I think the, uh, the holding companies and, and sort of the, uh, full service agency, um, model is going to get shook up a little bit as, you know, more, more in-house teams want different pieces of it and, and really want to rely on on specialist shops to to fill those gaps or help them help them jump into new markets and new opportunities. So you know I think agencies are going to need to focus more on innovation and, and doing things that that are less commoditized that you know that in-house teams aren't uh, you know where you can't hire one person and and replace the role of an agency. If you have um, in-house teams doing a good chunk of the work. Um, who is going to, or how is an in-house team going to find specialists for to fill specific roles? I, I mean, usually that comes from a level above, right? And you know, as a marketer, I, I mean, I worked on the in-house uh, side. Um, it's tough to, uh, you know, tough to say I'm not good at that or I don't want to learn that. Um, so, I, you know, usually that comes from the director or CMO level as they're looking at, you know, looking at what's happening out in the marketplace or I think a great example would be like voice search and uh, connected apps and Alexa skills and, and different ways that customers are, are going to want to interact with brands. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of new markets that are being created where, where agencies can really jump in as innovators. And uh, those, those are things that I think are going to be really tough to fill in house. Um, and that's, you know, that's also a part of it is, you know, being exposed to what 60, 60 different clients in different industries are doing uh, bring a much different perspective than really smart people, but uh, who are focused on looking at one website yeah, exactly. and selling, you know, selling the same widget for the last five years. Right, exactly. We need to take a break, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk about enabling your employees to get out the vote and streamlining ads for customer experience. Don't go away. George Cast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. 
Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Dan Golden of BFO. Our first story is from the BFO blog, uh, titled, Employers for VTO, Making Voting Easy in 2016. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in this initi- initiative? Certainly. Uh, so, over, you know, over the course of last year, um, you know, we talked to the team about different ways that we wanted to get uh, get involved in what was happening around us, and... Um, you know, as a business, we didn't want to um, didn't want to pick sides necessarily uh, publicly. So, uh, you know, we've we've done a lot as a company to empower our employees. Um, we do open book management, um, a lot of uh, a lot of other ways that we get our employees involved in the community. And um, I wanted to make sure there wasn't any excuse for uh, uh, for someone at BFO to not go out and vote. So we decided to close the company on election day and let our let our folks know well in advance. Um, I know there's early voting and, you know, other, other options, but, um, we wanted to do our part. So, uh, we started employers for VTO, uh, to just encourage more, more businesses to jump on that bandwagon. Um, not just every four years, but, um, whenever there's a local election, um, and just helping, you know, having companies, uh, help, help their employees do the right things. Um, so, you know, VTO, uh, we're trying to add voter time off into the, uh, into the nomenclature there, but we also offer VTO, so paid paid volunteer time off to um, encourage our team to go out in the community and uh, get involved and, and do great things. So for the volunteer time off, I'm curious, um, are you is that kind of structured within the team, or, or is everybody kind of doing their own thing? It's a little of both, and I, I like it that way. You know, we have some structured team events and some stuff around Chicago uh, with charities that we're involved with as a team. Uh, but, you know, I've also come to re- realize that everybody has something they care about, someone they care about, someone who's had an unfortunate, you know, disease and there's, uh, you know, every, everybody is something they care about. So I, you know, we want to have buy-in and there's a lot of benefits, I think, to having, um, uh, but we all people with what they care about and volunteer for their church or their community or whatever, you know, whatever they're, they're passionate about. Absolutely. Our second story today uh, is from Ad Age, uh, t- 
titled adding this repowers consider adopting ad blocking on a wide scale um though that's not exactly what the article goes into it's more about the um the customer experience of ads and um kind of obviously the the obtrusive ads that um, are getting in the way of where users really want to be um dan i'm curious how programmatic advertising will um, kind of impact the, the obtrusiveness of ads? Uh, sure. I mean, here, here's what I, because uh, I get, I have a lot of, I've, I get in a lot of these debates. This is a, a very fun topic of um, people that don't like to be advertised to. The, the same people that also won't pay a newspaper to read their content. Um, so I, I love flipping that argument around that, you know, advertising isn't evil and it powers the, <laughs> uh, it, it powers the internet. And obviously, uh, um, the, the people and, and journalists producing great content out there. Um, so ads are never going to go away until people start paying for, for content, which um, needs to start happening, but uh, is, is probably a long ways away still from being, uh, being able to fund all of the content producers out there. Um, so okay, I'll jump off my soapbox. So, <laughs> you, a, advertisers, we don't, um, if you don't want to see our ads and I don't want to advertise to you, right? Like it, if it's an intrusive ad or if it's, targeted poorly um if there are ways to to block that like you know advertisers we don't there may be some misguided advertisers out there that love to count impressions and pat themselves on the back but um if i can serve less impressions to a more targeted group of people uh and the ads perform better and they're more relevant that's what we want that's what advertisers and agencies want so you know some opt-outs and and you know, using some of these programmatic tools and machine learning to identify ads that aren't adding value and that are overly intrusive uh, or, you know, mobile display ads that are just, you know, 90% of those clicks are from fat fingers uh, that weren't meaning to, to click on a banner ad. Um, I, I think it's okay to weed some of that stuff out. Um, you know, most of in the advertising world is, is performance-based, either on a CPM or CPC. So, you know, the, the more we can cut out the bad stuff and, and make you know, have the ads work better for humans and, and be targeted better, I think is going to elevate the whole, you know, the whole industry. You bet. And we're out of time. So that's it for today on Fjordcast. Thanks for being on the show today, Dan. Thanks for having me. Fun stuff. Absolutely. It was Dan says you can find him online by Googling him. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter at, at the Golden Dan. Uh, and thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Fjordcast. Uh, you can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 